1: Thank you for joining us today. I hope you found the information on last week's show, Completing the FAFSA, Tips for Success, informative. If you are unable to join us and would like to listen to the show, a link is located under the episode directory on my Voice America page, as well as links for iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, and Spotify. If there are topics you'd find beneficial or questions you have, please feel free to reach out to me at media at abnp.com. Now let's learn a little bit about our guest. As founder of company that helps speakers get speaking gigs now, Lisa Reed mentors business professionals and entrepreneurs who want to make an impact and ultimately attract their ideal clients through speaking. As a speaker herself, Lisa has successfully booked and delivered over 500 speaking engagements. She's passionate about training speakers with varying levels of experience, messages, and niche markets. She believes a great foundation, solid network, And proven strategies can help propel speakers to actualizing their potential. In addition to being a professional speaker and coach, Lisa earned both a bachelor's and a master's degree in speech communication. When she was just 22 years old, she taught interpersonal communication classes at California State University in Fullerton. So Lisa, welcome to the show today.
2: Thank you, Candy.
1: I'm so excited to be here. Well, I'm thankful that you could join me. And I gave a little bit of your background just now, but I'm sure there's some more information that would be helpful for people to understand kind of who you are and how you got where you are. So can you give us a little bit more of your background and how you got into the speaking arena?
2: Sure. I think... You know, it actually started when I was in junior high. I was elected to be on the student council and I gave a talk about seatbelt safety to the entire junior high. Uh, mm-hmm. along with another co-facilitator. <laughs> so here I was 13 years old in front of the whole school in the gymnasium and I remember being really excited and how much fun it was because we made mm. it really fun. Seatbelt safety not the most exciting thing in the whole wide <laughs> right. world. But at, certainly in the in the 80s but um we made it really fun and I got I had a speak, a speaking coach actually even at that time my dad we we had my dad help us, you know, put together a presentation, and this is before PowerPoint and all that. So um, I think that's when it really started kicking in that I really enjoyed it or it didn't it didn't bother me, like I didn't have a, you know, nervous about it. Mm. But um, as long as you know your topic, it makes it a little easier. So that's when I think the spark hit. And then throughout my career, I would always find a way to train. So it's actually not speaking. It comes out in speaking, but... I love teaching other people something that is going to help them with their whatever they're trying to do or mm-hmm. somehow transform what they're what they're wanting to do. So no matter what career I was in or job I had, I would always find a way to learn learn about something and then teach other people in order to make, you know, maybe it was the job more efficient or be more productive or, like, I could have this way of, like, developing curriculum that would, uh, like, it was systematic, and, but it made sense, and it flowed really easy. That's a, one of the gifts that I have. So then, um, I mean, of course, I could go on and on, but <laughs> all the different things that I did, that that covers a lot of the, of the decades um, in terms of the speaking, but... Back in 2013, I was hired to be a speaker for a company that I absolutely love and I still work with, um, Productive Learning, and we teach personal development workshops, which I also train for them. And this was when it was like, oh, this, this topic can really help transform people's lives like in a big, big way. Mm
0: -hmm. And
2: they said, would you, would you come and speak on our behalf, like go out and speak for us. And I thought it was like my picture in the dictionary for that kind of a job or that kind of a, you know, uh,
1: journey. Kind of the ideal thing. <laughs>
2: right. Yeah. I was like, wow, this is perfect. Like how could this, this could not be any more perfect. Cause I was utterly madly in love with, with the work that we do at Productive Learning, but now to merge speaking with it was like a dream come true. And, since then, I've booked and delivered over 500 talks, and people would ask me, How in the heck are you doing that? How, how did you get people to agree to you, you know, have you on stage, and all those kind of things? And that's when it, a few years ago it started to kick in that this was a gift that I could help other business owners who were entrepreneurs, people who really wanted to use the speaking platform. In order to, you know, generate their clients because I've seen it work. It's it's, it's a fun way to market your business.
1: So let's just get into the topic then here and helping those who want to get into the speaking realm. So if they Mm -hmm. could have one wish, what do you think that would be?
2: If you're already a speaker, I think your one wish is to speak more often. (laughs) Like you want to speak, like um, that's what I hear all the time from whether they're beginning or more seasoned speakers. They want to be on more stages. They want there's there's like a passion that comes out where they're. They just want to um, make an impact in the world and speaking is a way that you can make a bigger impact. So I think mm-hmm. it's like, you know, put me on stage, just throw, make way that magic wand. And I would be able to pop in, give a talk to people that can benefit
1: from it and really help
2: change people's lives.
1: So then what do you think is one of the biggest obstacles for those aspiring speakers?
2: Well, I think there's a lot of obstacles. I think one of the biggest obstacles is not being sure of what direction to go in, mm-hmm. um, especially when it's your own. Cause you've, you've done some speaking, Candy. Yes, right? a little. <laughs> yeah. yeah, a little bit. I know you're an expert in your field. Well, you're an expert in your field. And then they say, okay, you have a half an hour to talk in front of, you know, other, let's see, a group of business owners. So your obstacle initially becomes how do I funnel down all the years of experience that I have in a way that is consumable for people mm-hmm. who don't need to know, need to be an expert in what I do, but they, you know, I need to give them a taste enough to see how valuable it is where they can learn something I'm actually serving them and not seem salesy because you don't want to turn people off and not overfeed them because you don't want to confuse people so there's this balance of all those pieces. and like, how do I edit down all my expertise into a way that's valuable for the audience to where they see value in you know, my service or whatever it is that I'm offering in a way that's authentic, it's my style, I'm not trying to be anybody else. So there's, there's kind of like a lot of obstacles all in one in just getting your talk ready to go. Like, how, mm-hmm. how would I develop that? And so I think that's actually the first place people get stuck. Because a lot of times, speakers will come to me and they'll say, Oh, I have an idea. of What I'm going to talk about? It's like, oh, how long have you been? How long have you been thinking about that? And they're like, it's been a while. I've been thinking about it for a couple of years. So it's like, I, the idea is like turning around in the in the washing machine, you know, like over and over. Right. It's in the spin cycle, but we're not actually getting it out. It's like, oh, well, we need to like put it down on paper or put it in a template or put it in a PowerPoint so that it starts to become talk that you then get to go out and practice and then tweak and, and it evolves over time into something that's really uh, powerful.
1: Right. So as you're saying, you know, people are thinking it over for sometimes maybe even years, right? I'm going to think about speaking. I'm going to think about doing this, but Mm -hmm. then how can they shift then from thinking about doing it to actually getting booked?
2: Yeah, I think that's, that's a, that's a powerful question because I hear the same thing, like, with people thinking about writing their book and then, like, never, you know, years and years and years go by. I think um, for me what was really helpful was having a deadline and telling somebody else about it and employing someone to help me with the process Mm -hmm. because I was so close to it. And this is what I see for speakers. We're so close to our own stuff. We can't see what's valuable, what to put in, what to take out, uh, you know, is this direction the right direction? So it's really about, like, how do I um, funnel that down and put the next step in place? And like I said, if it's, if it's a dream that you've been thinking about and it's been kind of sifting around in your mind, okay, let's put it on paper. You don't want be typing. You don't have to write it out. But, you know, put your ideas down in an outline format. Okay, then what's your next step? Is it creating a PowerPoint? Do you even know how to use PowerPoint? Do you not want to use PowerPoint? Like, just really giving a, giving your talk some life. And mm-hmm. then in terms of actually, so it, here's what I say. It's like, it's really hard to get a speaking engagement when you don't have a talk ready. right. Right. So I, I harp a lot on that. I, I kinda of feel like a broken record sometimes but like you have to have your talk ready to rock, which is one of the one of the things that I help people with because if you don't even have a talk, then you're you're energetically pushing opportunities away. Mm. Like if I didn't have my talk ready and and Candy, you may have a group that needs a speaker, you might think I'm great and you're like, Oh Lisa, we'd love to have you as a speaker, We're always looking for people, you're so dynamic. What do you talk about? You know, what's your talk? And if I don't have an answer, even internally, um, what I'll hear a lot is, oh, I talk about lots of things. Oh, I, you know, I right. have lots of things that I, you know, I'm like, oh, that's like so not attractive. Like the person who wants to book you needs to know that answer. Like what's your right. talk called? What What is it about? Is it, And what they're really asking is, are you going to be a fit for my audience? Is this going to be a great event? And if there's doubt in the speaker, then there's gonna be doubt in the booker. Right. You know, and so it snowballs. So it's kinda like that's the first step. All the other details we can like iron out after, but the first step is really to get your talk ready. And so, right. and, if
1: you have and then they'll topic. know what you're oh, going to cover too, right? So if you're not just oh, like, yeah. oh, I can talk about you know anything, no, I have a topic right. that's called X, and it's going to yeah. you know the exactly. the people who are oh. there are going to understand point one, point two, point three, or something, right?
2: Absolutely, and that's what I do. It's up to, you're so organized, Olivia, in how you think because. That's exactly what I'll help people do. We we don't just create a talk; we create it to where it's marketable. Because if you want a speaker to come to your, you know, an event that you're hosting, for you know, hypothetically, you would say like, oh, well, you know, okay, Susie, what is it that you, what is it your talk is about? And you and Susie would say, oh, it's about how to, you know, grow your business in 30 days or less, or whatever. And you say, oh, can you send a description over? That sounds like it'd be great for our audience. Could you send over a description? Could you send over your your headshot, your bio? So there's all these little pieces, and so when I help people develop their talk, we're getting it ready so that it's sendable. Like mm-hmm. you can literally like copy paste it or attach it and to that Booker so that it's ready to go. You're not trying to think of it off the top of your head, coming up with something. It's already like dialed in, which is really powerful. So then you're you're coming from a power position internally. It's hard to be, feel empowered when you internally are doubting yourself. Right. So it's like, okay, let's get you ready. I call it the race. I always refer to the speaking uh, gig as the race, like that's the race. But if you don't have tennis shoes, it's going to be hard to run, you know? So you have to have some stuff in place Mm -hmm. and then you're ready to, you know, that you're ready for the race.
1: Right. So how would someone get started if they've never spoken in front of an audience before?
2: Oh, that's a great question. You know, it depends. <laughs> this is where a strategy session comes into play. Because some people are naturally gifted and they're fine to just get started. Some people are going to need a little bit more of a ramp. Uh, uh, but uh, using myself as, as, as an example, like I was a naturally, like I shared my junior high story. It wasn't a fear of speaking. However, I don't want to just go up and speak on anything in front of anybody. I want to be prepared, and I want to make sure, for me, one of my values is that I'm providing value. So I wouldn't just take the mic and start talking about random stuff. I want to make sure I'm there to provide value, Mm -hmm. which is a little different challenge than someone who's really scared. You know what I mean? So I don't usually work with people who are, Not that I don't want to necessarily just, there's, there's great, uh, programs like Toastmasters. If someone is really, really having a lot of anxiety about speaking, but they have enough desire to overcome that anxiety, I think Toastmasters is a brilliant place to start because Mm -hmm. you get all different kinds of exercises it has been around for, I think, probably a hundred years or so. It's been around for a very long time, um... There's chapters all over the world, and it's fairly inexpensive. But, you know, you get to go in there and practice, and it's a low-risk situation. Like, you're not losing money. You're not putting your reputation, you know, your reputation, right. you're in a safe environment, that kind of thing. So it's
1: I a, think there's like, a difference, too. And as you were speaking, it made me think of a difference between being nervous and being, like, terrified to stand up in front of someone, right?
2: Totally. <laughs> totally, and there's nothing. You're still probably going to get nervous, even if you're a seasoned speaker. That that happens, um, depending on what what internally makes you know triggers that nervousness. But yeah, there's nothing wrong with being nervous, and or there's nothing wrong with being scared either. It's just like, oh, well, okay, what degree are we at? You know, and and what's what's best. But let's say that you're a person who you know you're not super nervous about it. You're like, I'm willing to do this. This is something I've been. Like for example, I've got a gal who, uh, uh, one of my clients, um, hadn't done a lot of speaking, but knew the value in it to promote her business, and has a lot of has a lot of knowledge that she can really uh, help people. There's a lot of there's she's an expert, but she wasn't really sure how this whole speaking thing is. So it wasn't that she was afraid to speak. She just didn't know how to narrow it all down. So. Mm-hmm. Once we got that all narrowed down, um, then we start, you know, one of the other part of the process is figuring out who's your best audience. Okay, so then you figure out who's your best audience and how are you going to find them. And there's different tools and strategies to do that. And then how, what would you say? If you say you got a hold of this organization who was having speakers, how would you know what to say? So all those things are, are part of like the academy that I teach where it's like we're going to make sure you have all the steps taken care of so that you can go out there no matter where you live, no matter if you change your area of expertise, uh, whatever stage of the game you're in, you can use those strategies to help get you on stages more often. Mm -hmm.
1: perfect well believe it or not it's actually time to take a break so when we come back we'll continue to chat with lisa about how to develop a speaking career you're listening to biz help for you with candy messer on voice america internet radio we'll be right back after this brief commercial break
0: comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Are you up late at night after a long day's work trying to do your bookkeeping? Are you frustrated with your lack of QuickBooks knowledge or feel you don't understand it at all? Do payroll tax calculations and reporting stress you out? Whether you're a sole proprietor or an officer of a corporation, Affordable Bookkeeping and Payroll Services is here to help. We work with overwhelmed entrepreneurs to remove the burden of bookkeeping and payroll tasks, giving them peace of mind and the freedom to do the parts of the business they love. Our bookkeeping clients include service-based businesses such as medical offices, fast food restaurants, landscapers, and gyms. We also assist franchise owners to create the necessary reports to submit each month. We are a full-service payroll company, assisting clients of 1 to 120 employees. We offer full and self-service options. If you're ready to offload tasks that burden you, reach out to us today at 310-534-5577 or email contact at abandp.com. Call us today. Have peace of mind tonight. You are listening to BizHelp for You. If you have a question or comment about the show, send us an email to media at abnp.com. That's media at A-B-A-N-D-P dot Now, back to BizHelp for You.
1: Welcome back to BizHelp for You with Candy Messer. In the last segment, we learned about how Lisa works with those who want to speak, as well as some of the challenges they sometimes face when trying to grow their careers. Let's cover a bit more information on this topic. So, Lisa, the speaking industry seems hard for a lot of people to break into. What is one of the mistakes newer speakers are making? I
2: think one of the mistakes that they make is not being prepared but also, like, not taking the time to really understand the speaking industry and what possibilities there are, I find that there's a lot of misconceptions, and I think that's partially because things have changed technologically in such a short time. Like, if you imagine, you know, we didn't have social media before 2008, really. I mean,
1: mm-hmm.
2: actively, right? right? And, you know, YouTube and all this stuff. But there's still a huge generation, a couple, gen- couple generations of us who remember, you know, functioning in business well before any of that <laughs> occurred. Right. So there's this kind of like, oh, it used to be this way, but now it's this way, and how do I play, and how do I fit in there? And that depends on the person, their their tech savviness, their willingness um, to learn, or just kind of what they enjoy. Uh, what's exciting about the speaking industry is you can really go either way. Like I love speaking in front of live audiences, but I also take advantage at times of virtual uh, programs like, you know, using Zoom, uh, webinars uh, on Zoom or like a live Facebook live event or posting a video, things like that. So there's different ways that you can use speaking. It just depends on what you want to do. And that's kind of the exciting part, too. And so that's one of the things I'll talk to my Especially when I'm getting to know a new speaker, I'm like, okay, well, what's your vision? Like, what do you see yourself doing? And some people want to travel. You know, other Mm -hmm. people don't want to travel. They have little kids at home or they, you know, they just enjoy being close, close to home. So... Like at one time I asked one of the speakers, I said, well, how, you know, how much do you want to travel or do you, you know, how do you see that? And she's like, only 365 days a year do I want to travel, you know? So she <laughs> loves traveling, which yeah. is the opposite of me. I, I like traveling for vacation, but I am a little bit of a homebody in some, in some aspects, but I like being drivable, you know, it's like, oh, you know, like this week I'm driving to San Diego for a talk. Perfect. You know, I'm in Orange County, California. Couple hours, no problem. So Mm -hmm. it just really depends on the person. It also depends on what you're offering, like what your services are. Is it a virtual service or is it a, is it required location, you know, specific? So all those things come into play when we start to create a strategy.
1: Mm -hmm. So So one of the biggest challenges that business owners and coaches have is getting more clients. So what strategies can you offer people who are thinking about using speaking as a way to generate clients
2: oh that's that's a great question um, one of the ways that one of the key components in my Academy is a, like a monetizing your speaking and so what's important to do is to come up with a strategy that makes it work for you just like if you had a uh, someone who was creating a social media strategy, you'd want to see like, okay, well, what, what am I? What's my call to action at the end, or what am I trying to move the needle on? What am I measuring? Right.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh,
2: same thing with speaking. If you're using it to generate clients, um, and you really enjoy. You're like, gosh, I really love this. This is a great way for me to generate clients. You'd want to have a strategy. Well, how is it going to be worth my while? And what do I? And that's that's a combination of um, again, that's like something that you know, it's individual. It depends on each person. If one person, like I have one client who he gets paid over ten thousand dollars to speak. So in his realm of possibility, that's 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 a reality. That's Mm -hmm. fine. You know, he he can he's had evidence that that. Is possible, and he'll continue to, you know, move the needle on that. On other uh, speakers, they they maybe haven't been paid yet for speaking, so they might be a little nervous, and $10,000 is way, you know, too big of a jump right. for them to wrap their head around. Totally fine. But they also might find themselves where they sell $10,000 worth of services at the end of their talk, you know, mm-hmm. kind of the back-of-the-room sales is what we would call it. So, and that's totally fine. It's like it doesn't really matter where the money comes from. It's like, is the, is there a strategy to get, you know, to monetize it? So that's right. one of the biggest pieces that I see speakers um, forget, unfortunately. Actually, even one of my, well, I did a, a whole blog post about this. I think it was a Facebook Live about it. Not a blog post, a social media post. That um, I have talked to some of the most seasoned speakers who have actually forgotten to give their offer at the end Mm. of the talk because they got so excited. Well, there's lots of reasons. Like they might get so excited about their expertise and they're just loving being, you know, teaching and loving the transformation that they run out of time or they may not have a secure plan, which is usually the case. So when I work with people, we come up with a strategy that is like airtight for that person, like your level of, you know, comfort of quote unquote selling from the front of the room may be different than someone who's been in sales for well, you have your own, you're on your own business, so you're in sales, right? We're all in sales, <laughs> but you know what I mean. Like someone who, um, it's just everyone's different, is what I'm saying. So we want to have it um, where, like. trying to think of an example one one client came to me and she said oh well here's what I'm going to do I'm just gonna I'm just gonna at the end I'll just say oh my business cards are over there on that table if you want to call me grab a business card and I said absolutely not that is not what we're going to do no way no way (laughs) so what we'll do is we'll go through like a, you know, go through like, okay, what are you talking about? What are the rules of the, you know, we don't want to be out of alignment with the, the place, but you need to have a plan. Is it going to be a form that they fill out? Are you, are you offering a free session? Are you offering a free product or are you, you know, collecting money? Like all the different, like, what are we doing here? What's the point? And then how do we make it so that we work it so that the speaker is really comfortable with whatever that solution is.
1: Right. So if you're not, I was going to say, it's, it. I think she just seemed potentially timid or afraid to just offer her things like, like I don't want to mm-hmm. be pushy type thing. Some people probably feel right. that way. Right. But if you're just saying, here's what I totally. offer, if it fits into what people need. Great. Right. Then they're going to follow up with you and take you up on your offer.
2: Yeah. So my job is to make sure we find something that feels really good to the speaker. If you, Don't like the way that, um, like, if you don't, uh, if you're uncomfortable about your offer in any way, it will show up on stage. Like, it will, Mm -hmm. even if you say all the right words and, and all that, the audience will feel that awkwardness or your nervousness about it, whatever. So, it's really important that we come up with a strategy that feels Really appropriate, really good for you. Like you're excited about it. You're like, this is a no brainer, you know. And it it's not in any way. If I ever sense that, uh, like all throughout different ideas, you know, I'm like I'm I'm not married to any of them being right. But all throughout different, you like suggestions we're collaborating and I'm like, well, what are we going to do for this call to action? And if I hear your voice a little like well like uh, I'm not sure you know then I'm like okay that one's off the table we're not doing that one you know we're gonna find the one where that person feels so
1: good about it because that audience will feel that feeling right exactly yeah yeah Well, and as we're talking, obviously, we have kind of mentioning people who are on their own. They're maybe just starting out and doing this. So why would it benefit them to work with someone to develop their skills as a speaker?
2: Mm -hmm. Well, it's a skill that you can use till the end of your career. I mean, throughout Mm -hmm. your your career, uh, there's always going to be a platform in order to speak, whether it's live or virtual platforms. There's so many different ways that you can utilize... Um, speaking to build your business, even if it's at a networking event. So you may not be a speaker at the event, but you're going to be speaking to people if mm-hmm. you're trying to build your clients or you're speaking to your clients. So there's always ways that you can use um, speaking in order to, to gain more clients. I mean, we're, we're communicating. We're, connect, we're human beings like to connect. so. <laughs> right, <laughs> one of those things that's kind of important. There's always, you know, and I mean, of course, communication is a really, speaking is a, is a big topic. So it kind of depends on what the person is really needing. But my, my lane is definitely newer speakers who maybe they've had zero to 20 speaking engagements and they want more because they start to see how many clients they could generate from that. They love it. They, they're excited about it. And um, I can get there a lot quicker. I can help them get there a lot quicker than if they, you know, kind of flounder and figure try to figure it out on their own. There's a lot of tricks of the trade that um, I share. Even sometimes it's just a simple thing of like a little technology piece that they didn't know was available or how to hand out your handouts at the end of the thing that make it, you know, seamless. How to facilitate a... Uh, um, person who's you know heckling in the crowd you know those kind of things there's all different kinds of I call it audience
1: audience management Mm -hmm. how do you how do you manage the audience yeah that's all important you know to learn and when you're brand new you don't even know what you don't know right so having someone who can help you know what to expect and work your way through it is really good yeah, so
2: of the things I teach is, well, yeah, it's, like it's happened to me. So I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. I didn't expect this to happen. Okay, well, how would I overcome that?
1: <laughs> right. So my, well, and even helping them understand, not- you know, if they're going to be in a really small room versus a bigger room with a lot more people, just, you know, knowing how to make that presentation. Absolutely.
2: Yeah, the sound and being prepared for... The electricity going out, being prepared for, you know, not having a microphone if you needed one, or Mm -hmm. using a microphone if they give you one you've never used one before, uh, all different kinds of things. How do you, you know, how are you going to hold, like I've got a presentation um, in April of speaking engagement, and... Luckily, the person I was working with has seen me speak before, and he said, oh, you like to move around a lot, so we're going to get you a lavalier mic instead of a handheld mic. I'm like, oh, thank you. Thank you so much for noticing that, because I I can use a handheld mic, but then I don't use, use my hands as much, or maybe mm-hmm. if I'm writing, it's like I like to be interactive. So I usually have a, a, a tablet that I'm writing on and an easel and markers and things like that, so I like the facilitation style is more my style. So holding a mic is a little tricky. Mm -hmm.
1: So I know we started to touch on a little bit earlier about the content of what you're going to put into your speaking, but Mm -hmm. how would they determine actually the content that they should share in their message? I think we should just go a little bit deeper onto that topic.
2: Um, Well, I think uh, usually a lot of speaking engagements when you're first starting out are in the 30 minute range. So I recommend you start with your three pillars of your business, like... what you, what you might share with someone at a barbecue or they say, oh, what do you do? And you're like, oh, I do, you know, X, Y, and Z. Like, I'm a chiropractor. Oh, is that just for people whose backs are hurting? You're like, well, actually, the spine mm-hmm. is, you know, your central you know, hosts your central nervous system and it affects all these different things and we don't just crack back. So you could so start, like, I hang out with a lot of chiropractors. So it's like, <laughs> oh, there's, and I, and I don't, certainly don't quote me on my, on my definition of chiropractic, but um you, there's there's mis, there's myths you know people misconceptions that people might have about a certain expertise. So that's where I, we start. Like, what are you really passionate about, and what is what is kind of out there? Like the common things that you notice people ask you about your business, and not so that it's in that it's like just an infomercial, but just that you're educating people on something, so they're learning something, or maybe you're giving them strategies, you know, Oh, here's how to take care of your back, you know? Uh, So, so there's just different, I would say, start with three pillars is my Mm -hmm. starting point. So like, how are you going to narrow down your 20, 30 years of expertise? You got to really chunk it down.
1: Right. And this will probably be the last question before we go to break. Um, But Mm -hmm. on that kind of same line, how would someone just starting out determine the right audience for their message?
2: Uh, they, that's one way is just look at who you want to serve. Who do you find? Like sometimes, uh, like I have a life coach who, uh, initially was serving, um, people who have adolescent kids, because she likes working with the parents and and working with the teen. And then she realized, like, actually, I like serving... Um, I work better with executive-level men, which is a you know, different audience. So mm-hmm. she's pivoting. So it's like, okay, look at who you serve the best. Who who are your raving fans? And then where do they hang out? So that's where you would start. Like, that's a good starting point. I'm like, okay, well, um, like, I have another client who... Uh, loves um, relation. He does a lot of relationship work, but he also finds that um, people in churches, uh, families, really value the sanctity of marriage, and so he specifically goes to uh, churches, and that's where he generates a lot of clients because mm-hmm. of the. Not because, of, and it's actually—it's not even the religion that he practices. But it's not about religion; it's about the value of family. Right. So again, it, it just depends on on where you start looking. Yeah.
1: Well, and I think those two questions tie in a little bit together. So when you're figuring out the content and figuring out the right audience for it, right? Because you might be in one location that's all women or something, and your topic might be presented differently than if you're presenting to men or families or, or different things too. So you might have similar... Content you want to share, but you might be changing a little bit of how you're sharing it, correct?
2: Yeah, you can put like a what I call like a lens over it. So, like, you may have a main signature talk, but then you can say, you know, how to overcome da 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 for women or for women business owners or for realtors or for you know, like, depending mm-hmm. on what you're talking about, you may be able to put a lens over that main topic to cater to a certain audience. But that's different than like having to completely revamp and change your entire talk. So right. we, we also try to do that. Like, oh, how do you create a signature talk that is specific enough, but also uh, flexible enough to garner different audiences?
1: Right. Perfect. Well, it's actually time to take another quick break. So be sure to hang around to hear more from Lisa Reed on the topic of getting speaking gigs now. We'll be right back after a brief commercial break.
0: From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Are you up late at night after a long day's work trying to do your bookkeeping? Are you frustrated with your lack of QuickBooks knowledge or feel you don't understand it at all? Do payroll tax calculations and reporting stress you out? Whether you're a sole proprietor or an officer of a corporation, Affordable Bookkeeping and Payroll Services is here to help. We work with overwhelmed entrepreneurs to remove the burden of bookkeeping and payroll tasks, giving them peace of mind and the freedom to do the parts of the business they love. Our bookkeeping clients include service-based businesses such as medical offices, fast food restaurants, landscapers, and gyms. We also assist franchise owners to create the necessary reports to submit each month. We are a full-service payroll company, assisting clients of 1 to 120 employees. We offer full and self-service options. If you're ready to offload tasks that burden you? Reach out to us today at 310-534-5577 or email contact at abandp.com. Call us today. Have peace of mind tonight. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to BizHelp For You. If you have a question or comment about the show, send us an email to media at abnp.com. That's media at a-b-a-n-d-p.com. Now, back to BizHelp For You.
1: Welcome back to BizHelp For You with Candy Messer. Today, I'm chatting with Lisa Reed on the topic of speaking to grow your business. Let's learn a little bit more on this subject. So, Lisa how would someone find speaking opportunities?
2: Actually, I have a great resource uh, for that on my, well, on my website and it's under um, get speaking gigs slash cities And, that just if, if your listeners are out there, but what it is is there's a great list out there, and they they break it down by city, and there's they're developing new cities all the time of just some places that already accept speakers. Mm-hmm. So it takes a lot of the guesswork out. There's a fee for that, um, but. Rightfully so, it helps someone avoid having to do it themselves or hire someone to do it for them, which certainly there's there's fee in there. So it's this company that's already done all the work for you, which is awesome. So mm-hmm. that's just that's just like my magic trick, like go to, like just go get the list and make your life easy. But that means that if you know maybe you're like, no, I really want to do some stuff myself. That's cool too. Um, one of the things that I start with that I always recommend that people overlook the value of um, have you ever heard the term social currency? Yes. Okay. So That's a a big part of what I teach, too, is how do you use your own social currency? And for the listeners out there, you're like, what's social currency? Like, you're, you know, Candy, you have a huge network of people. You've been networking for a long time. You've helped tons of people. It's a great reputation, high credibility, high integrity. That's social currency. So if you pick up the phone for a certain amount of people, probably hundreds, maybe thousands of people, there's people who are like, oh, Candy's calling me. I'm going to answer that call. needs something, I'm going to do what I can to help her. That's social currency. Mm -hmm. So I teach uh, speakers how to use their own social currency uh, to generate some speaking engagements. That's what we call like your warm market, like people who right. you could dial up and, or you could send them an email and they're like, oh yeah, I'd love to help you. How can I help you? So you can craft, you know, an email or a message or, you know, start to put that into your wording um, when you're having conversations with people that you are a speaker and that you're available to speak, and this is what you speak on, and you're ready to go. So it's kind of like your your um, your soft open,
0: <laughs> you right.
2: like if you had a restaurant, like you're soft open. Go with the people who already know you, who already like you, who already trust you, and you're probably going to get a lot of yeses. Mm-hmm. Then once you you know that that's a good place to start. That doesn't mean that that's where you have to start. It's just. I would say the easiest place to start. Then um, you would generate referrals for speaking at each speaking engagement, and there's ways to do that too. So it's like, oh, okay, how do I then leverage what I've already all the work that I've already done to generate more bookings? And that's one of the things that that that's really helped me is um, and that I teach my my speakers. It's like, okay, you can get one speaking engagement, but how do you stay booked? but you're right. recreating the wheel and restarting over all the time that you generate a system that helps um, you get the phone calls, you get the emails instead of always reaching out that it, that it starts to come in for you.
1: Right. I'd love to touch on, cause we are, you know, marketing to people who are maybe wanting to just get started, but can you explain mm-hmm. what a one sheet is and does a mm-hmm. speaker just starting out need a one sheet? You know, uh, great question.
2: I have a lot of opinions about that. Um, one is if you, you do you need one? No. Is it helpful to have one? Yes. <laughs> and first, I'll even back up and say, what is it? It's really a, a one sheet, a speaker sheet, a speaker one sheet. It's all the same thing. Uh, is you know just got different names, and that's really like I would say a a one page. Marketing piece that highlights you as a speaker, so it's different than your services, your products. You don't necessarily put those on there. You put like, you know, would you like to book so and so for a speaker? Here's how, and it would have your your information, your signature talks, your bio, your headshot, you know, different different pieces. So one of the that's actually one of the modules that I teach in my academy. It's like getting all that stuff together. How to, again, back to making more decisions and things that can get you stuck in your tracks. So. Mm-hmm. It can help you because then it's already all contained and you, again, going back to what we talked about at the beginning of that internal confidence, that internal feeling and sense of empowerment and, um, you know, certainty that, you know, I'm a speaker. and putting my stake in the ground. This is what I speak on. This is what I do. And it's, I, I believe in it so much that I'm willing to have someone design it and put it on a marketing page and I'm going to send it to you. That's a stake in the ground, right? Mm-hmm. Now. A lot of times a new speaker might be like, well, I'm not sure if this is the topic that I want and maybe I'll change it. I've got to test it a little bit. So number one, there's no wrong way. Like you can go out and test it and you can get speaking engagements without a speaker sheet. So what I don't want speakers to do is use as an excuse not to go out and get speaking gigs. Um, mm-hmm. how do I know you don't need one? Cause I booked a hundred without it. I didn't even know what it was. I didn't know <laughs> there was a speaker sheet. Um, when I first started, so ignorance on fire, right? I just, I just went out and did, you know, some of the things I've already shared with you. I started with my warm market, like calling them up, letting them know, Hey, this is what I'm doing. I didn't know what a speaker sheet was. So you don't need one. But man, when I found out what one was, I was like, Oh, well, I'll just get one and I'll just make it happen. Right. Do I think that the speaker sheet got me gigs necessarily? Not on its own, but it helps to elevate your credibility. Like, oh, she's serious. Oh, this person's a serious speaker. They've 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 done this a few times. Is what it mm-hmm. what it can communicate. So they right. just make this up last night, which I have seen people do that before. They even have shared that with the audience, which I do not recommend. Oh, I'm working on this... So one in the morning,
0: oh my gosh, why would you say that?
2: That's funny. Yes, there's something. Don't do that.
1: (laughs) So if someone is approached to speak and luckily Mm -hmm. they're asked how much they charge, uh, what -hmm. should they say?
2: That's a great question. And I actually uh, just had this happen to me the other day. Just through a LinkedIn message, they said, you know, how much do you charge for this, you know, day, and this is what the event's like. And I said, oh, let's talk about it. Can you have time to talk on Monday? And so we were able to, you know, book a time to call and talk. I would not... I I would not answer that question via email or, you know, without really having a conversation about the logistics and what does this entail, what kind of event is it, is there a budget, things like that. So that's what I would, usually if they're, good rule of thumb, if they're asking how much you charge, they're usually coming from two different perspectives. Either they're worried that that they can't afford you because Mm -hmm. they don't have a budget, or they have a very tiny budget and they're they're thinking, Oh, we really want the speaker but we can't afford to pay them, would they be willing to do it for free? So that's that's one one of the possibilities. There's lots of possibilities, so that's kind of a common one. The other possibility is they do have a budget and they just wanna see like, hey are we in the same ballpark and, mm-hmm. and how can we work together? And so they don't want to low ball or highball either, but it's just a conversation. So it's like, okay, great. Let's, let's talk. Let's have a conversation. Let's see what we can do. I want to learn more about your event. How can I help? What's your budget? You know, I don't ask what's your budget right off the gate. I, I would want to say like, what I want to get an idea of like, or is this event, am I right for your event? Is your right. event right for me? Does this all make sense? Am I even available? So we're not talking money until for me until we are starting to feel like okay, yeah, this this is going to be a fit. Let's now let's talk about money.
1: Right. Well, and that's you know a great way to look at it too. And especially again, if you're just you know, starting out or something too. you're just happy to have the opportunity to speak. And so not necessarily even being paid. That may not be the main thing anyway. Right. So if it's someone who doesn't have a a budget, but it gives you the opportunity to get in front of speakers. I mean, that's the same thing. Like I'm president of a nonprofit organization and we have speakers at our conference but we don't really have a budget mm-hmm. for speakers, per se. Right. Um, so, yeah, we might be asking that question, too. And, you know, hopefully people look at it as, I'm going to be in front of 400 women, and I'm going to have, mm-hmm. you know, a vendor booth, and they can come by and find out about my product. And, you know, so it's yeah. not always just about what you're getting paid up front, like we talked about before in the in the episode. So.
2: Yeah, and like how you're saying, like if somebody, this is where it so depends on the conversation, the context of the conversation. Because if someone says to me, "Oh, what do you charge?" that clues me into that they either have a budget or Mm -hmm. they're scared that they can't afford me and they don't have a budget, right? But. That's different. That's a different scenario than they saying, "Hey, would you like to be a speaker? We have speaker opportunities. Can we talk about it?" And then we get in a conversation, and then um, maybe money hasn't been brought up yet. So it, usually the speak, the the booker would say, "Like, well, we don't have a budget, but we can offer you X, Y, and Z." Mm-hmm. And so that's then the speaker gets an, a chance to say, "Like, okay, well, you know, are those benefits?" worth my time and just like you said oh gosh it's 400 people this is a you know this is a non-profit i really want to get back and i think that this audience would really benefit from my message and and i could probably you know attract some really great clients from that and it'd be a win-win okay no problem you know yes i'll agree to do that so it just but it's always your choice you know it's just mm-hmm. it's, that's what's
1: cool about speaking, too. You
2: can say no, you could say yeah.
1: Right? Exactly. <laughs> and if it's not right for you, you might know someone else who it might be a great fit totally. for, too.
2: Which I do that all the time. Like, I want to hear you out. I want to, like, say, like, hey, okay, tell me about your event. What do you have? Okay, I'm seeing this. And if it's not a fit for my clients or, like, my target market, which is why it's good to know your target market. I'll say, you know, hey, that sounds like a really great event, but it just isn't line up with, with who I'm who I'm serving, and I want to make sure that your event is awesome. Let me see if I can reach out to a couple other people who I think would be great for you. And right. then I, I always like to, you know, give however I can support and give back
1: to that scenario. I want to do that. Right. Well, there's been so much information that we've covered today, but it's just, you know, the very tip of the iceberg per se, right? So (laughs) if someone wants to get, you know, more speaking gigs in their own backyard, you know, how can they get in touch with you and you can share some additional information with them?
2: Sure. Um, On my website, get speakinggigsnow.com. dot so it's gigs with a S because we're going to get you more than one. Um, yes. So get SpeakingGigsNow There's a button on there where they can schedule a strategy session with me. I absolutely welcome that, and we'll just spend you know about thirty minutes and getting to know each other and see how can I best help if there's any holes in your plan or you're not sure how to get started. Um, you know, we'll just get an idea of where you are and where you want to go and if my academy can help you with that, one of the one of the stages of my academy or some other type of way in which I can help you, I'm happy to do that.
1: Perfect. And do you have any other, you know, besides your website, do you have like a phone number or social media? Anything you'd want to share so people can connect with you?
2: Sure. They can know my name is spelled a little different. It's L E I S A R E I D. And I can be found on social media on Facebook. And LinkedIn are my main two. You can find me pretty easily because my name is spelled different. So L-E-I-S-A-R-E-I-D. Happy to connect with you there. Um, yeah.
1: Oh, if you're in the Orange County area. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, no, share your number if you want.
2: Well, in if you're in the Orange County area, uh, well, you can. They can reach me on my on my website with that. But I also am the founder of the OC Speakers Network, which is Orange County Speakers Network down in Orange County. So, Perfect. OCSpeakersNetwork.com dot com is another resource.
1: Mm-hmm. And I do know when you mentioned that you have an email that you send out too. So if anyone wants to get on that list as well, if they're local, yeah. of, you know, to the Orange County area.
2: Yeah, they're going to get, actually, you don't even need to be on the, oh, well, for the O.C. Speakers Network, yes, but if you want some tips, some more tips, I go through uh, five top tips to get more speaking gigs now. That's also available on my website, so that would be a free gift to anyone who would like it. That's available, and give some bonus things in there, too.
1: Perfect. Well, thank you so much for being my guest today. And, you know, I really appreciate your sharing your expertise. I know this has been helpful. There's a lot of information again. So if you, uh, you know, have more questions, want to reach out to Lisa, make sure you do uh, reach out to her. I hope you found this topic interesting and it answered some of your questions about how to begin speaking to grow your business. Again, if you have any questions, uh, feel free to reach out to Lisa at any of the links she shared or you can send us a message at media at abandp.com. Next week's topic is retirement plans for business owners and their employees. I hope you can join us for this presentation. And remember, you can connect with us on Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn and my website, www.abandp.com. Links can be found on my Voice America page as well. And would you please share our show information with those you know? I'd really appreciate your support. Remember to tune in each Tuesday at 2 o'clock p.m. Pacific Standard Time. And if you can't join us for the live show, you can find the episode saved on the business channel on www.voiceamerica.com or find the podcast posted on iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, and Spotify. Until next time, have a great week.
0: Thank you for listening to BizHelp For You. Please join your host, Candy Messer, again next Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time and 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a terrific week.